Thank you for connecting to this podcast from Faith Renewed Outreach Center. We hope that it's an encouragement to you today. For more information, check us out online at faithrenewed.org. You have your Bibles, hold it up. That's cool, man. And again, if you don't have a Bible, we'll give you a Bible. We have Bibles free. We love to place in your hands. We just, we just feel so strong about the Word of God and what it can do in your life. And uh, if you open yourself up to His Scriptures, and uh, we believe we this, we can actually walk it out. We can come in here and read this and then walk this thing out by God's grace and by the help of the Holy Spirit. So we encourage you to do that. You may have your uh, Bible app, whatever it is. And, uh, but again, follow along on the screens if you don't have that. And, um, and then this is not a sweatshirt. Uh, somebody just said, just uh, asked somebody that. They said, I like I was the old school happy days thing going on, man, with my chucks and my sweatshirt. And they got up close. They said, oh, it's actually a sweater, man. So uh, I actually uh, wore a sweater today. I dressed up for y'all. And uh, so, um, but uh, it's not a, not a jersey, man. It's not a, not a sweatshirt, not a happy days, man. Uh, but we're going to go to uh, the book of Acts and not chapter 29. Who, who did I mess with last week? Be honest. I messed with you a little bit when I said Acts 29. Okay, some of y'all lying. You didn't raise your hand because you think, oh, I, I, no, it's okay. We don't know everything in Scripture. That's why we're here to learn. So, but uh, Acts chapter 2 is where we'll be today. Acts chapter 2, and I appreciate your enthusiasm with that. Yeah, yeah boy, that was overwhelming there, that response. Uh, Acts chapter 2. Um, we're going to turn there, and uh, this is, um, as you see on the screen, we're uh, we had a brand new series called 29. And uh, hashtag and I am 29 during this series. It was cool. Uh, uh, again, a lot of people post and different things. It's hard to keep up with, with what people are saying out there and sharing what God's doing in their life. And so if you put that hashtag on your social media, we'll actually be able to get in the stream and see kind of what's going on there and what God's doing in you. So I'd encourage you to, to hashtag if you post something during this series, uh, do that. Um, and love to be able to go back and see that. So hashtag I am 29. Uh, but we're going to do this. We're going to turn Acts 2, kind of hold our finger there, and uh, we're going to pray first before we get into the Word, and uh, then we're going to come back, and we're going to unpack a lot of stuff today. So I would encourage you to take good notes. Take good notes today, because I'm going to say a lot, and, um, and I believe there's a lot to be said on this subject. So uh, Acts chapter 2, let's, let's turn there, and then let's bow our heads after you find it, and let's just pray together. Father, thank you one more time for the uh, opportunity and privilege you've given us, Lord, to come together. You've given us the privilege and the opportunity to come together. And Lord, there's so much that you can do when we're together. Lord, there's so much you can do in us, Lord, when we're unified, God, when we're brought together, Lord, and we have the spirit of unity, God, when we're in in one mind, one accord, and open to what you want to do, Father. We're thankful, Lord, today for your word. We're thankful, Lord, that, God, the body's been brought together today, and we're a part of a bigger body that's worshiping you across the world. Thankful to be a part of that. And God, we thank for today that your word's blessed. And so, God, as we open it up today, God, and, and partake of it and sit at this table and receive, God, what you've prepared for us, God, let us, let us feast. Let us go in deep into your word. Let it get in our hearts, God, and our spirits, God, and, and let it be nourishment to our soul, Lord. We just ask this today in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 High five your neighbor said, I am 29. Tell them that. <clears throat> I am 29, and um, it's always good to have first-time guests, and we have a very first-time guest who has never been in church before, so um, I, don't think they're, I don't believe they're saved yet. We're going to get them saved before this t- uh, too much longer, but Jesse and Deidre have their little precious miracle, Alexander. I want you guys to stand real quick, if you can, 
and uh, show off that little gift. <clears throat> Come on, first time in church. Awesome. Good looking, good looking little baby. Um, and uh, we'll be, uh, again, it's just cool to see church grow in every way, in that way too. Uh, uh, my mom was talking about, man, there's a lot of people get prayed at your church. I said, man, we're full of love in our church. And so uh, we ain't ashamed, man. The Bible says be fruitful, multiply. So uh, we're, we believe in the book. We believe in implying the Word of God to us. So, um, and, and walking that out every day. So, uh, again, we're glad they're here. We're glad you're here. And um, we're going to go do this. We're going to jump into Acts chapter 2. When you get it, you're, if you're there, say amen. amen. This is, remember, this is the church, just to preface, if you were not here last week, again, so you understand what 29 is. 29, again, there's only 28 chapters in the book of Acts. Uh, there uh, is not a 29. I actually asked the people to turn there, a little bit deceptive last week, to turn to Acts 29. Um, and, and I made the statement that you are 29. We, we are 29. We are the, the, the next chapter. We're the, the New Testament church that we see established and structured in the book of Acts. And, to, and what we're supposed to be doing, this is how this is supposed to work. God established it, set it up, structured it, showed us, modeled it for us. For us to walk that out and to do and live this. And so that's uh, what we're doing. We're living this thing out. So as today, as we talk about, uh, again, what the book of Acts church looked like, uh, it's what we look like. It's what we're, we're going to look like even more so because, again, it's the Bible. And so we want to do that. I ask you today to be open to what I'm going to teach and share. Um, it may be some things if you've been in church, maybe, maybe some of it may be a little new to you. Uh, some of it may be something you've heard before, maybe in a different way, but I believe Bible is here. So, um, and I believe we, if we open it up and ask God to show us, he'll reveal exactly what he means. So we're going to do this. We spent a little time in Acts chapter one last week. We're going to be in Acts two this week. And um, I, they were messing with me. Somebody said, what's 29 mean? And, and, and somebody answered and said, it's the number of sermons in this series. Uh, uh, and I said, um, yeah, I'm going to say who said that, Carl Willis and Sarah Willis. But, uh, um, but I was like, I'm having a difficult time trying to get this into just 29 messages, really, because there's so much here. So we're going to unpack, we're going to go, we're going to dig, we're going to go. So let's do this. Again, take good notes. What in Acts 2 do we see that uh, the book of Acts Church did that we should be doing? What were they focusing on? What were some of those things that took place? And uh, so, again, we're going to take this straight from the Bible. The first one is this. We see that they were unified. They were unified. Uh, Acts 2, verse, verse 1. It says this, it says, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. That's not talking about a Honda. Somebody else is like struggling. Oh, yeah, it's, it's not a car. Not one, one accord. Not, not a Honda. Huh. Come on. I, somebody's going to get it when you get home. You'll figure it out now. But, oh, yeah, eating lunch. Oh, that was awesome. Okay, no, but they were with one accord. All right, let, let's look at this for a minute. This, this word one accord means that they were in agreement. Literally, that they were unified. So there's so much going on when, when we get up here in church and we come together and pray and, and the worship team is singing a song. And then they'll, they'll, during that time as the Spirit leads them, they'll encourage you to lift your hand in worship and, and, and to, to sing this thing or say that or, or pray this or whatever. I don't even know if we really realize all that's happening during that time. It is, a, it is a literally if we get into agreement and we come unified during times like this, we see and watch God work. 
The spirit, the, literally the literal word for agreement in Scripture, comes from the Greek word symphoneo. And uh, it's, it's where we get our word symphony. So, uh, so think for just a moment. A, a symphony, if you're a part of the symphony, you know, there's one thing you can do. Either you can go to the symphony and you can sit there and you can watch and be a spectac- spectator of the symphony. Or if you, would, if you have, again, if you're open and somehow get a gift, develop the gift, receive that, and then walk in that, you can be a part of the symphony. And a symphony is this. A symphony is, so, is one, one instrument coming together along with another instrument, and this is what takes place. That instrument begins to come, and, and they begin to mesh, and they make a sound. And I don't know, I mean, it is amazing. It is a beautiful thing when you hear someone who plays well and they come together and the notes get on target and they get on pitch and then it begins to make this sound as you come together in agreement. And, and, I, and I love this. Got to remember, again, they have never seen and never experienced the Holy Spirit in full measure yet. We would see during times of Scripture where you see the Spirit would come in and would empower and equip certain people for certain things, and then you would see the Spirit move and, 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 and go away. But they're getting ready to see something happen, and they don't even know what's going to take place. They just know this. They know Jesus said to do this. He told them, he said, now you go to Jerusalem, you get together, you get in one mind, one accord, one place, you stay there, and then I'm going to send you someone. I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit, and it's going to be this. The scripture says that it's going to be power from on high. And so it's amazing. And I, and I don't know, I feel like this on Sundays. I love it because I, I think if we would come in here with the same spirit, not knowing what he's going to do every week, just being open and willing to come together and assemble and unify, there's no end and no telling to what God can do. I mean, it's just amazing. I mean, literally, there's no end if we would come in. And it doesn't have to look a certain way all the time. It doesn't have to be the certain way. It doesn't have to be this. And don't even gauge this. Don't gauge whether or not the, the service itself was amazing. We do this. We get a report card in our hands sometimes when we leave church, and we kind of grade it in our mind. Let's be honest. Tina was honest. Y'all let her be honest. Let me be honest. Y'all come in and you'll say, man, worship was on maybe today or maybe it was off or maybe pastor was went a little too long today or maybe he was a little too short. Maybe he, he, he needed a little more coffee, a little less coffee, you know, whatever it is. And we do that. But just set all that aside. Do this. Come into church and say, God, I want to come in and bring my part to the symphony. I want you to see church different. I am 29. If you're 29, you're a part of something, and you're bringing something to the table. You're not coming in to be a spectator. This is not something we're going to give you. That you bring your ticket in, we let you in, and you come in, and you sit down, and you enjoy the show. It's the church. It's the ecclesia. It's the body of Christ. You're bringing your part of the body together with my part of the body, and then is there an assembly that takes place, and we see God move. And this was Jesus' prayer from day one. This is it. This is what he came for. He came to unify the body. He, come to, he came to bring it together. And we see in John 17, if, if again, you can just flip there, just, just follow the screen for these scriptures. If you see in John 17, you see Jesus beginning to pray a prayer that this is the last prayer before he leaves earth for his disciples. And it's amazing what he says. He's saying in John 17, he says, Now I am no longer in the world, but these are in the world. And I come to you, Holy Father, that you keep through your name those that you have given me, that they may be one as we are. That's his prayer for us. 
And so here's why the enemy is, is working passionately. He's passionate about his work. He is. Sometimes he's more passionate about his work than we are. That was good, man. That was, that was truth right there. Sometimes he's way more passionate about what he's doing than what we're doing. And so this is why he's trying to, to so much bring division to the church. This is why he's trying to bring division to the body of Christ, because this is God's prayer. This was Jesus speaking, Lord, let them be one as we are one. And so he's trying to do everything he can to divide the body. It's why he tries to do everything he, he can within him each week to stop you from getting here. He does that. You'll see it. He'll try to make you busy, sick, struggle, whatever it is that goes on to try to get you out of church, to get you in a place because he doesn't want you to come together as one. He, he, he despises that in every way. But you see Jesus doing this. He's saying, Lord, I pray this, that they may be one as we are. We see this prayer, and it's beautiful. He goes on down. We see in verse 20 of John 17, he says this, I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. That's where we come in. Now, some of you are like, you know, sometimes I'm just reading a history book about what these guys are doing. No, listen, Jesus is talking about us. He's talking about the ones down the line who would hear the word that they would speak, that word would be proclaimed, the gospel would go forth, people would receive that, marching out, walking that, go forth, and then we hear it on down the line. He's saying those who would hear them through their word. Verse 21 says that they all may be one. You, Father, are in me, I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. Wow. Wow. The reason he's trying to bring us together, the reason he's bringing the church together so that the world will believe that Jesus was sent from the Father. That's why. Is, is it for any other reason? Is it so we can assemble and, and have just a great time? Those are byproducts. But the focus is this, that we come and they may see that he was sent from the Father. Verse 22 says this, And the glory which you gave me I have given them, that they may be one as we are. Now he, he's, he's saying something huge here. He's saying that this glory he's talking about, there's a word glory, and it means, it's, it's the word literally means brightness. And so here, here's the truth. When we come together, in the same way we bring the sound together, you bring in your gift and I bring my gift and we make the sound that shakes heaven. We, we see that and it affects the world. It's the same way when it comes to light. We, each inside of us, he tells us to be this light. You bring your light together and you just see a brightness begin to take place and, and something that just literally would come together. And, and we say this so much. We get so focused on how dark the world is. Do we not? Come on, let's just be honest. We get so focused on how dark and how screwed up the world is. Why don't we do this? Why don't the church come together and focus and realize and focus on how bright we can be? And if we focus on how bright we can be and he can be through us, we can expel the darkness, the scripture says, and we'll see it canceled out. And we'll see a light begin to just overshadow the darkness and come and wash that away. He's praying this. He's saying, Lord, let the glory, let them experience that. And then he says on in verse 23, he says this, I and them you and me, that they may be made perfect in one, that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. Wow. 
I mean, he, he's saying this. He, he, is, he is literally, he's passionate about us being unified. His, his desire, it's his heart that we would come together unified in agreement and, and just literally walking out this thing and, and experiencing true revival through our hunger and desire for him. And this is what happens. If you'll come in here each week and you'll say, God, I'm just going to come in and be my part and do what, do what God's called me to do. Lord, you come in and just sing through me, play through me, give through me, love through me, serve through me, whatever. You'll see this coming together begin to happen. And it's amazing. It is his prayer and the Acts church was this. They were unified. And because they were unified, literally scripture we'll see in Acts later, that they shook and turned the world upside down. Now, it is amazing that we must come forth and now walk in this. And how does this happen? It comes together when we're unified. It comes together while, when we're family. Look at your neighbor and say, man, we are family. Go ahead, just tell them that. Say, say we are. We're family. We, we have to see this. We're, we're one. Truly are. We're one. We have to see ourselves as one. If, and, and this is why. And I just, again, this is not even in my notes. Holy Spirit says, say this. When we realize we're one, we'll protect each other. I'm just free. I my notes, man. I didn't have to pray for that. I didn't have to spend time praying. He just gave me that. I love that. When we realize we're one, we'll protect each other. That means you'll, you, you'll, you won't say things to tear them down. If you do, you commit suicide. But look out, and he gets on going, you know, telling what I'm about to say. So, uh, but uh, we, we see this, and, and, and again, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. We see in Christ us coming together, we're unified. So we protect each other, we cover each other, we cover one another. We cover other bodies who are a part of the body of Christ. So that means we're, we're careful what we say about other churches. Y'all are quiet, but that is good. He said to say that too. Okay, so again, we come and we're part of this body, so we're unified together. Second thing is this. We see that this church in Acts, we see the 29 church that he's called us to be today. They were filled with the Spirit. They were filled with the Spirit. I mean, it's just, this is, this is what it's going to be. This is going to be a byproduct. This, was, this will be what takes place when we're unified. It's, it's just what's going to happen. We're not going to try to manufacture or make something happen. It, it will be what takes place because, it, remember, it took them a while. He said, go there, stay there, tarry there, don't leave there until you get together. So in one mind, in one accord, in one place, they came together. And let's pick up in verse 2. It says this. It says, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven. Now, this... I want you to just let this settle for a minute. I mean, there's a, there's a lot we've got to get, us, get in us today. Again, agreement unifies your sound. Bringing together my sound, and it's producing something that takes place. It is what happens. It's what takes place. Anytime we come together in him, in one accord, unified together, suddenly moments happen. Suddenly, there's moments that take place. And here's what happens. If, if, if God brings together a group and he puts them together in this body, in this unified place of spirit, soul, mind, and heart, we get to that place and you're spectating. This is what you'll get to do. You'll get to watch the show. And you'll get to come to church and you'll get to see something happen. And you'll get to witness it happen. You'll get to be able to do this. And you say, man, that was pretty cool, wasn't it? I don't know, man. I'm, I, 
There's a big difference in spectating and participating. And God's called us together to participate, unified. And when we do, we see the Holy Spirit come on the scene. And he says this, he said, suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, and one set upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. Now, I've been kind of I've been looking forward to this uh, to, to kind of teach and share on this because honestly, who asks questions about speaking in tongues? All right, so if your hand's not up, I want you to come up here and teach the rest of this message. Yeah. <laughs> no, seriously, not, who has questions? I mean, we do. We, we do. There's, I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing. We have questions about this. And so I want us to, to really be open to what, what Scripture says here and, and just see. There's, there's a couple of things. First of all, I like this. First of all, I like that we'll find out Scripture that there was an atmosphere shift and change. I mean, it's, it's what takes place. Literally, a rushing wind, this spirit coming in like that in this manner that comes and it blows into the place and something happens. Something went on and the Spirit of God came into that room so much so that some of those who were spectating, some sort of participate. Somebody said they got brought into the mix. Yeah. Some did this. Some just watched, and then they went out and began to talk about the ones that they saw. Oh, my goodness. This is better than I thought it was going to be. I'm gonna be this is going over way better, too. I can just tell. I'm, just, whew, I'm serious. Now, listen, this is what took place. Spirit of God shows up, and I'm going to take my time today, and, and, and if I don't get all this, we'll pick it up later because we've got to stay here. Feel this in my heart. This is what happens. If, if we don't participate, come in, step in, this is what they did. They literally, the ones who were observers, they thought these jokers was drunk. Tina said, we're Bible church, and it's Bible, and I didn't make it up. It's, 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 what, it's what it says. That's literally. They saw them. Now, now, again, I've been praying about this, asking God to truly help me understand what this means and, and what this looks like and what it's supposed to be according to Scripture. And, and, um, and, and if it's from Him, Lord bless it. If it's not, let it just fall off to the side. Wayside and mean nothing else. But I believe this. I, I don't think it was because people observed and they thought they were drunk because they were swinging on the chandeliers. Y'all seen that drunk guy? Who, who, which one of y'all word out that guy? I mean, be honest. You, you gotta, don't raise your hand. Do not raise your hand. It's okay. Don't raise your hand. But, ah, I mean, you, lampshade on your head. I mean, just, I mean, stir the pot, Cole. Stir, stir the pot. I mean, so, inside, inside. But, but, but listen, I don't, I don't think it was this. I don't, I don't think it was because they were crazy. I don't think it was that. I think because there was a true celebration happening. And this is what's sad. 
now who, we've seen this. We've all seen the media and whatever, and we've seen the commercials. And, 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 and just be honest, we know the alcohol beverage commercials are usually the best ones. They somehow get the greatest minds. I don't know how they do that. Maybe they pay the most money. But, but somehow, when the alcohol arrives on the scene, that party just comes alive. I mean, it's just not everything's dead and dry and nothing's going on. And all of a sudden, man, the, the liquor comes on the sink. Everybody has six-pack abs. Everybody's in shape. Everybody's just having a good time or whatever. But listen, this, again, I prayed about this. Y'all, got pro- y'all don't talk to him. Y'all talk to Jesus. I, I think this. I really believe this. I believe there was a celebration that took place. Here's what I want to ask of us. Again, just because I really, t- today, I'm, he's telling me just to stay as focused on this for a moment. If someone today, this is not a smack on any of us. This is me being challenged as much as you. If someone was today spectating and, and observing you instead of doing what they should have been doing during our time of worship, what would they have thought? What if, what if they did? They stood on that outside door and there's a little piece of, of just, a, just enough glass where they can see through and, and they observed what happened. Would they see a celebration? Now, again, I'm not saying you're supposed to just swing from the chandeliers and cut back flips off stage or whatever, take off run. S- some people think that's the only way there is Holy Spirit. I don't, I don't believe that. But I believe there is a joy that comes up in the church when the Holy Spirit comes into the room. When we do recognize, as Angel said earlier, what and how big this God is and how huge he is in our life. Today, listen, we have to see this. If we're going to church, if we're 29, if we truly are, do we do this? Do we come in here and do we celebrate together? Do we unify so much underneath the power of the Holy Spirit that we shift the atmosphere, that it changes the room, that it changes our lives, and it changes everything else so that we do walk out of the room and we don't say, it was a good show. We say, God, I experienced you today, and I'm going to walk out today, and I'm going to live this week empowered by the Spirit of God, empowered by the presence of God, and living and speaking forth and proclaiming the name of Jesus. That's what we do when we come together. That's what happens when we see it this way. And so we have to do this. We have to see a couple of things. And again, a lot to be said on the Spirit. We have to see this, that first of all, the Holy Spirit is powerful. He's powerful. We, I cannot, I look for it in scripture and I try to find things that in some way would make me think that the Holy Spirit is anything other than powerful. Can't find it. Matter of fact, it's what Jesus said. He said, you go, you get filled with the Spirit, and you'll be endued with power from on high. You'll have this power come into you. It'll come into your life. And so we have to do this. We have to see, first of all, I think it's powerful. Smith Wigglesworth said this, it is impossible to overestimate the importance of being filled with the Spirit. It's impossible. We cannot, and we in no way can we understand, and, and should we ever try to lessen how powerful the Holy Spirit is. And I know this, and I know in our church, I know a lot of your backgrounds in history. Some of you have been taught things on the Holy Spirit that are biblical because we see in Scripture there's this, that first of all, it's powerful. And he says on, he goes on to say this, that there was a sound that came from where? Heaven. So some, the second thing we have to see about the Holy Spirit is this. First of all, it's powerful. The second thing is that it's from heaven. It's from heaven. 
The Holy Spirit is, is from heaven. And, 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 there, and it's sad. There are pastors and there are churches and there are doctrines and there are, there, are, there are theological mindsets of teachings that even go so far to say that this, the Holy Spirit and tongues and the presence of the Holy Spirit working and manifesting himself this way is even of the devil. It's true. It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's that heavy and it's, it's that, that strong and that real. And so, and, and I want to tell a story. I asked my, my wife if I should say this yesterday because the Lord put this on my heart. I have a true story of something that happened. I had a pastor who planted a church about the same time Faith Renew planted. And uh, we had a relationship and, and, and still have a relationship to some degree and would be a friend of him in every way not be that. But he planted a church and this is what God began to do in their church the Lord began to send in people that were baptized in the Holy Spirit. I mean, it's like, as a pastor, dude, I mean, it is amazing. I, it's, it's so cool to, to literally be able to see people come in and so many get baptized or saved or whatever. Then you teach them and watch them take the next step. But as a pastor, you pray for the other two because you realize you need this. You need people that are baptized in the Holy Spirit. You need people that are on fire for God and that have the presence of God that you don't have to continually motivate and encourage to do something. They help you walk out and teach and disciple and equip. They help you do all these things. God sent these people to this guy's church. And this is what they begin to do. They begin to sit down with other people in their church and open the Bible and begin to pray with them and show them scriptures of what the Holy Spirit can do in their life. They begin to tell personal stories of what the Holy Spirit had done in them. And it was amazing. I'm thinking, man, this guy's telling me this story, and he's telling me, he said, man, he said, uh, he said Terry, I, 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 he started telling me this. And he was like, man, these guys were going around, and they were praying for people, and they were, they were talking to people, and, and they did this. They got baptized in the Holy Spirit, too, they think. And I went, hold up, brother, just one second. I said, what do you mean? He said, they, got, they, they think they got spirit-filled, too. And I went, Oh, I'm, I'm not tracking for just a minute. I said, what are you saying? And he asked this of me. He said, is it okay if I recommend them to come to your church? Because I know you believe that way. He said, I don't want them in our church. And I, I said, I, and I'm serious, I, I pulled back. And I mean, I, it, it took me a while. I, I remember I was, I was, I was literally, I, I was sitting outside St. Francis Hospital, getting ready to go in and, and, and just pray with someone. And I sat there on the curb for a minute and I heard that. And I, I said, dude, are you kidding? I said, man, this is awesome. There's no telling what God's going to do in your church, man. Take these guys and use them, plug them in and, and do whatever. He said, I don't believe that. And I said, man, I said, that's in the Bible. It's in the Bible. And, and I, I, I even just, the Holy Spirit began to bring scriptures to my remembrance. I began to tell him. I said, man, it happened. I said, it, did, it hasn't stopped. And he is this. He, he is what someone would call a cessationist. I mean, I know, again, I'm not just preaching happy, but I'm, I'm hopefully equipping us. It means this. They believe the gifts of the Spirit have ceased. They've stopped. It, it came for a one-time event, and then now it's done, and it's over. And I don't, I don't see that in scriptures. I look and I see scripture. I see a living Holy Spirit who's with us right now, who's going to be with us and stay with us until the end, who we're going to need to make it through. We've got to have him. We've got to have him. And, and this is no knack on this, on this pastor. I got off the phone, and I first of all, I said this, man, yeah, send him to our church, bro. 
To my knowledge, they never came. And, and this is probably why they're not going to take a recommendation from someone who's getting, who kicked them out of their church. Maybe one day God will connect them to this body. I don't know. But to my knowledge, they never came. But this is what I do know. I know the next year that church closed. The gifts didn't cease, but that church ceased. And here's what I, I, I'm hungry for this. I'm hungry for a group of people who will say, God, I want to believe in everything that you have for me. I want to believe in everything that the scriptures and the spirit of God says to do. And this is what we must do. We must become hungry for this. We must, we must literally ask for him to come and to pour over our hearts and lives and to, and to, and to operate in our lives. Uh, and, and if you do this, you'll see, and, and again, this, this is different today, but you'll see a couple of uses in Scripture of how the baptism of the Holy Spirit works in tongues. All right, we see the first one here in, in this Scripture, in this text, we see this. We see that the first of all, it came and literally spoke in another language. That was a known language to man. Uh, because this is what happens. You, op, you watch what takes place. You see this, this group of people, some of these spectators who became participators, these spectators were, were doing this. They were standing on the outside looking in, and they were watching what was taking place, and they knew that these were Galileans. These were people who didn't, were not bilinguals and trilinguals and knew all these linguals. They didn't know all of these things, and they heard things begin to take place. They heard their languages being spoken. Because this was the day of Pentecost where people would come from all around. They gathered from all different parts of, of, of the world and they would gather and they would come in that place for the feast and, and they would come and they heard this. They heard their language being spoken. And so we'll see here in this, this scripture, we see that how the Holy Spirit, one of the ways that he works is that he'll speak literally in another known language. I've heard, I've heard stories of this from, I mean, missionaries from all different parts of the world that happening. I'm serious, man. I, just, just show hands. Anybody ever heard that happening? Just well, got a couple. It's, it's, it's cool, man. They would tell stories of being in a worship place and maybe being out in the jungle and being there and then just something coming over them and the Spirit of God just beginning to speak through them and the people that were there and would see a white man speaking in a Swahili language or see this person who didn't know their dialect speaking it in clarity and they're hearing this and it says in Scripture they were proclaiming the works of God, the wonderful works of the Lord and they were hearing these things. Imagine that. And I did this. I went on a mission trip to Peru one time and I prayed that would happen to me. I'm serious, man. I was praying. I was like, God, let this happen to me, man. And I, we went out. We went out into Iquitos and up the Amazon rivers into the jungles. And we went into those jungles. And we went into little, I mean, it was just, I mean, churches that were huts the size of our stage. And we went in there. And we had an interpreter with us. And I was praying, God, let me just tell that interpreter to sit down. I got this. I'm serious, man. I was wanting to so bad. I was wanting to get up in there. And the only thing I know is, is like, see. You know, I mean, I just, I don't know, but I was like praying. But you know something? For me, that never happened. It never happened. Of course, it didn't happen to you. Do you believe it? Yeah, I believe it. You know why? The Bible says it. 
and, and I don't know. I, I'm still hoping, man. I'm still hoping one of these days, man, I'm going to go out there and I'm just going to just sometimes, someplace, be on Forest Hill and in that way, or maybe be just different parts of Greenville sometime, man. You need that language. I mean, just you need another language. I've just been praying, whatever it is. But I've asked the Holy Spirit to speak and to work in me, through me, through that way, because this is what I believe. I believe it's real. So we would see this. We would see it. And again, this is one of the ways the Holy Spirit would speak. Is it okay if we're doing this and teaching and learning this? Okay. I know this may be a Wednesday night type deal, but I'm feeling really strong about this. And, and, and there's two uses, and you'll see it. This is how we use the Holy Spirit, publicly and privately. All right. That's one of the uses where you see the Holy Spirit in operation publicly, working in that way. A, another way that you'll see the Holy Spirit in tongues in operation publicly is through the gift of tongues and interpretation. Okay, now, now this is, and I, I, I've studied it, I, I believe, again, it's, it's true. I feel real strong. Talk to people who know more than I know, have studied and prayed, and, and, and really believe this is from God. That, that the Holy Spirit, that I believe the Holy Spirit can baptize us, each of us who ask and believe and trust, he can come in and baptize and fill us. I don't, I don't, there's no one, if we know Christ, and we're going to see it in, later in, in this, this book, that we'll see where that is just one of the next things that he has for us. You repent, you get baptized, you get filled with spirit. That's just what he wants for your life. I believe he can do that for everyone. Now, here's where a lot of people miss this. He will give you the Holy Spirit. I believe scripturally we can, we'll show this and we'll see this to be true, that he gives us the Holy Spirit. He baptizes us. We can even pray in another language or speak in another language or we can pray in his tongue or whatever it may be because scripture says this, that they prayed with a known language and they also prayed with the tongues of angels. It, there's, there's an, there is another place in the spirit that we can connect and go to in God that it no longer becomes us. That, that we, we can see that. I, I, I believe this. I believe when we're operating in that way, that is for private use. I believe that's for private use. That you should. The Bible says this, that you build yourself up in the most holy faith, praying in the Spirit. Jude says that, that we pray that way and we pray in the Spirit. And so this is what we should do. We should have this desire to pray in the Spirit, to have this language where we spend with, with Christ. But here's what he does. He gives the gifts according to his will. Now, we have to understand. I, we, we, we have to understand how this works. And spiritual gifting is a, another series, but we've got we to see this. He gives us the Holy Spirit through tongues and interpretation as a gift to people. He does that. And so here, here's, here's what we, if, if you have that gift and that, that you have been gifted with tones or interpretation, tones or whatever, there are places that God can use that publicly in our worship settings, maybe in smaller settings or whatever it may be, that he can use that in our church. But here's what we see in scripture. Never in any time in scripture, matter of fact, that, that it was okay, did they just go insane and crazy with that. Because some of you, this is what this has done. Some of you have seen that, and now you're shying away from what God wants to do in you. You've seen someone misuse a gift, and now you say, well, I don't even want that gift because of what that gift does. Listen to me. Listen, just because someone misuses a gift doesn't mean the gift is not legitimately true. 
So, so it, this is what we should do. We should have a hunger and we should have a desire. We should want to be filled with the Spirit. Every person should hunger for Him, ask the Holy Spirit, because when you see them coming together, suddenly in one mind, one accord, it says all of them were filled. So we see this. 1 Corinthians 14, 18 says this in the Message Bible. Listen to this. This is Paul speaking. He says this, I am grateful to God for the gift of praying in tongues. I am grateful to God for the gift of praying in tongues that he gives us for praising him, which leads to wonderful intimacies we enjoy with him. I enter into this as much or more than any of you. Guy who wrote what we read through the Holy Spirit. He wrote this stuff. And so he, he goes on to say this. He says that I pray with the understanding, and also pray with the Spirit. So if the, if the guy who wrote through the direction of the Holy Spirit what we read, shouldn't we want it too? Because again, we see this in the scriptures, in the text where we see this operation. Now again, don't get confused. Now this is where I think, I believe to be true according to what I've, I've encountered in, in church. I've seen this. I've seen truly hungry people who desire the presence of God, who want to be filled with the Spirit, come in and are filled and empowered with the Spirit of God and then don't know what to do with it. They believe their empowerment is for Sunday morning. Is it partially? Partially. They, and so this, this is, again, I'm, I'm helping us. This is, this is a spirit-filled church. We believe the Bible. And I believe we're going to see the gifts in operation and who he's going to use you. This is, so, but we've got to learn this. We've got to see this. Because Paul did this. Paul came in, and we see Acts is kind of the history, but we see Corinthians as the theological book where he's teaching and trying to help them understand. Because this is what they did. Lack of teaching. Listen. They encountered the presence of God, the Spirit of God come in them. And so in the church of Corinth, man, this is what they were doing. They were getting together, man, and they were getting having a good time in church. And there were just people just kind of just doing all kinds of things that were out of order. And the scripture says this, the Spirit of God is never out of order. He says to do all things decent and in order. So he says what he, he teaches. So he says this in scripture. And imagine this. This is the church that was planning and structured. They're in place. They're getting a letter from their founder. And you know you got to be pumped. You know you got to be pumped. I mean, they don't, have, they don't have Facebook and Twitter. They can't follow them on there and know what's going on every day in, in, in Paul's life. And so they would get this letter. The church comes together and they sit down. And you can kind of, I bet they can just kind of see them. Y'all come on in, man. We got a letter from Apostle Paul, man. Y'all sit down and listen to this. And they open up this letter. And they start reading it. And they're going, dude. They start realizing some stuff. This is not just the Holy Spirit is sent for you to just come in and just do ooh, whatever. Now, this is what's cool about the Holy Spirit. He'll come in you and come on you and praise God work in your life. And you know what you can have sometimes? Ooh. <laughs> Dude, I mean, that's, it's, it's just what can happen in your life. But listen, that's all they were doing. So he's trying to tell them there's a structure. And he begins to teach privately and publicly what that should look like. And so he tells them, he says this, this is where that scripture comes from. Man, I do it more than probably all of you guys combined. 
But he's telling them this, there's a place for it. And so this is what we're going to do. So if we're going to be Acts 29 church, we're going to operate in this. We're going to do it in order, in structure, and in place. Now, here's what I want us to give us the freedom to do. Will we mess it up sometimes? Yes. Will God mess it up? Never. But will we mess it up sometimes? Yes. But here's what we're going to do in this church. If we're going to see and we're going to find out in the book of Acts, man, people's leaping up who were lame, could not walk, couldn't do any of these things. If we're going to operate in the power, if we're going to operate in presence, we've got to have the Holy Spirit to do that. It has to be Him. And so this church came together, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they had the presence of God come down. So I've got a whole other point, but we're going to do it later. I want you to stand with me, if you would. I want you to stand with me right now. Just, and just, just do this. Just close your eyes. Thank you, Jesus. I got a feeling this this book of Acts maybe it's something we do on a tack on a Wednesday night sometime. We can just really just slow down and unpack this stuff. But I, I don't know, I just I really feel like he there's some of us that can't be here during the week, so I, he wants us to learn this. He wants to empower and equip us to do this. We're going to see in Scripture that they were filled with the Spirit and what they did with the Spirit of God. It wasn't just what happened on Sunday. That's part of it. Again, it was so much so that it was a celebration. So much so, again, so much so that those who looked and observed and looked into the place were saying, man, something's going on. It must be drunk. We have that element. But ultimately... He empowers us not just for Sunday, but the other six days of the week we can go out and be his witness, operate in power, see people healed and saved underneath the anointing of God.